When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Hello, Broads. Hi, Broads. What's going on? Uh, we have a special guest who is actually a friend of Grayston's dad's, is how I met him. And uh, I don't know, I guess we can just kind of launch right into it. I thought it would be really interesting to talk to Alex. Say hi. Hello. Hi, Alex. <laughs> How's and it going? Thanks Alex- for joining us. Becca has been wanting to get you on the podcast. She's been talking about yeah. it for a few months now. Well, I'm so excited. I've been wanting to get on the podcast. I know that... Uh, you're chatty, so uh, it's one of my <laughs> that favorite we are. things. Yeah. That we are. Okay, so you can kind of introduce yourself and sort of give a little plug on who you are. All right. Um, uh, my name is Alex Plank. Uh, I'm actually on the autism spectrum. Uh, I was diagnosed when I was nine, uh, and I founded a website called wrongplanet.net, which is a leading resource community for people on the spectrum and parents and uh, even professionals who anyone interested, we have over 130,000 registered members. Uh, it's been featured in everything from Good Morning America to the New York Times to the Washington Post, every, pretty much, you know, uh, everywhere. And I also do public speaking for autism. Um, and I also uh, do, like, uh, entertainment-type stuff. I produced uh, an autism uh YouTube uh, series called Autism Talk TV, where we would go around the country and interview people. And we did an episode on toys, which was good. Autism toys, STEM toys. Oh, interesting. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, well, like a lot of people on the spectrum have uh, what's called, uh, you know, sensory issues. And so having, uh, they like to do like repetitive uh, behaviors, which is called stimming. And then a lot of times like a toy or some sort of texture thing. uh, Like a fidget spinner? Well, yeah, that was one of the things that a lot of autistic people like. But there's something called the fidget cube that uh, was a lot of people have, too. I like. um, And then also, like, weird squishy things. Uh, uh, There was something called, like, the squishy ball or the cushy ball. I forget what it was called. But uh, it was this ball that you blew up with a straw. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I remember those. Wait, you mean the bubble sticky things? It has, well, it was purple and had, like, bumps on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? yep. Um, and various <laughs> other things. Uh, so that was part of the documentary series that you did. Yeah, we would interview people. And then, you know, I also act um, as well. Okay, we'll get into all that. Yeah. Yes. 
But, I, that was a long introduction. I apologize. <laughs> no, I yes, I have questions. Yeah. But. So basically, I guess that's sort of the theme of this episode. I think we want to get into talking to Alex about autism, about your experiences, about I guess your personal life. We're really curious about what it's like dating and all those kind of things. And I know you're very knowledgeable too about obviously the community and just generally speaking, like last week you were telling me about different challenges that people with disabilities face in the United States and as far as like work and, and pay goes and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Do you have any questions to start out with Jess? Well, I think maybe just for our listeners who maybe don't know a lot about autism, when you say the spectrum, can you kind of give us um, a little more of an idea of what that might look like? So basically, autism uh, is a disorder, uh, a pervasive developmental disorder, and it uh, affects a lot of people. And What does that mean, a pervasive developmental disorder? Basically, uh, it means that your development, uh, there's issues with the development. So for autism, it's development with like communication, social skills, eye contact, reading body language. Um, it, but it affects other things too. Like it gives you issues with sensory integration. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of people, uh, you know, can't go anywhere without their noise canceling headphones, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the airport would be too much for them or. So what does that mean? Does that mean like the volumes turned yeah, up on those, loud. on yeah. those so, sensory? Well, yeah, it's like, you can't, you know, like if you're at the airport, it's like this loud thing. If you're cool with that, you would probably just sort of zo- like zone out the mm-hmm. background noise yeah. and just sort of not pay attention to it. If you're on the spectrum and you have a sensory issue with sounds, for instance, you will all, every single sound will be like intense and you will be like focusing on all of that. And it will be like so overwhelming. You know okay. what I mean? Basically. So your brain can't tune out what right. those kind of things. Yeah. So like, and like you might have like, just be more sensitive to, um, all those things. Yeah. Um, and if you're sensitive to smells, you might, you know, any various smells that we all sort of just don't notice might smell like the worst smell you've ever smelled. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like very intense. Oh, wow. That's gotta be really, yeah. I can't imagine having those intense feelings constantly. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing though. There's like ways to sort of, uh, manage it. And, you know, if you have noise canceling headphones, that helps or, um, don't live on a busy street. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one of my issues was like the sound of bass because that like cuts through everything. So getting a really good pair of noise canceling headphones really helped with that and figuring out ways to sort of soundproof, you know, my living situation helped. So when we're talking about people on the spectrum, like what is one end of the spectrum right. and what's the other? Sorry. Yeah. So it's not really like one end. It's more okay. like a continuum or it's more like a more like uh, it's more 3D than that. Like you could have someone that has a lot of sensory issues, but, you know, socially might have uh, a really easy time compared to someone else who's not really, uh, you know, having trouble with sensory issues. Got it. So I say it's like uh, more of a continuum, like where, um, and also at the same time, uh, someone could be not speaking, right? So like, so a lot of people use the term low functioning and that's the low end of the spectrum and the high end. And I kind of find that offensive because it's kind of like, you know, like grading people on like how you know good they are or something, you know yeah. what I mean? Which yeah. I think is silly because it's like everyone has value. And, and Right. Valuing them on how easily they can integrate yeah, into and society. It's like, yeah. You know, so they might be incredibly intelligent, smarter than most people, but like they just can't deal with 
you know, things that are normal in society. And so, like, I like to view disability as uh, uh, a societal thing. So it's like a, instead of it being, like, deficits on a single person, it's the societal model of disability. So mm. let's say you uh, are a wheelchair user, right? Now, you might think that's, like, incredibly disabling, but if there's, like, ramps and curbs and, like, elevators everywhere, it doesn't really matter. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, It's not going to affect I mean, that you point. might not be able to, like run after someone as quickly, but like how often do you need to do that? Right. You know, right. In, in just to live a normal life. Right. And normal life is sort of also a loaded term, but you know. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, when you were talking about it to people that might have, um, like more sensory issues, like you're talking, but maybe like you said, they're far more intelligent than the average person that wouldn't in certain areas you might view it as a disability, but in other areas it could be like a super ability. Right. I mean, a lot of people are familiar, you know, with like Brain Man and all yeah. these kind of like tropes of yeah. an autistic mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of people might say, oh, well, Rain Man, that's just a stereotype and have a problem with it. But I would say that that's, you know, that's one of the first movies that really brought it to light. And mm. so it's really did a good service to bringing that to light. So I think that's a good thing. I think it's good to try to bring about awareness of all these and representation okay we have to pause for one second um before we keep diving in i want to be honest with you broads i'm wired in a way where i can find myself getting into a rut sometimes creatively like you know that frustrated feeling why am i not feeling inspired staying creative is easier said than done especially when you have a busy schedule but one way i personally reignite my creativity is by getting back into an old passion or getting excited about learning something new and you can too build fuel and expand your creative fire with skillshare skillshare is an online learning community for the creator and all of us they have thousands of classes in photography and creative writing to design productivity and much more and their classes are on demand so you can learn at your own pace no rush and no exams or reports due Uh, learn whenever you have that spare moment I found a class a few weeks ago that inspired me so much in their presentation essentials called How to Share Ideas That Inspire Action. It was extremely motivating. I highly recommend it. Um, Oh, and I happened upon a class that I feel like so many of our business owning broads uh, would love called Building an Etsy Shop That Sells Strategies for E-Commerce Success. And there are so many types of classes to choose from. It's endless, really. Uh, Join millions of students already learning on Skillshare and get two months free when you sign up at Skillshare.com slash chatty can learn a lot in two months that's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free get started today by heading to skillshare.com slash chatty to sign up that's skillshare.com slash chatty yeah can you talk to your speak to your personal experience sure like maybe what you you experience like yeah or even like when you found out um yeah sure so i was Yeah. Um, well, my parents uh, were sort of getting me checked out. Uh, you know, went to the, at this was, you know, back when it was, they thought it was like one in thousands of people were like me, you know what I mean? So, and it kept getting, you know, a higher rate and a higher rate, but that was because they re- realized that there was just people that were just sort of forgotten or, mm. you know, that have always been here. Like even back, you know, decade, you know, hundreds of years ago, there were autistic people that were inventing things. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, a lot of people theorize that like Thomas Jefferson or various quirky people, um, uh, you know, 
who contributed greatly to society because they thought differently. They didn't conform to the norm. Um, so maybe we are not actually having higher rates of autistic people. We're just exactly. recognizing them for the exactly. first time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty much uh, widely held uh, scientifically. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's some. I people, wasn't aware of that. Yeah, there, no, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, it's an epidemic, and we need to fix it. But that's, you know, there's there's a reason behind that because it's easier to make people care about something they think, oh, this is a big issue that all of a sudden happened, and we need to start addressing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if it's always been here, it's like, well, it's always been here. We don't need to donate to your organization. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. But it, you do because it, you know, people need supports, and you know, I, my special interests. Uh, when I get into them, I learn everything about them. Um, for instance, flashlights is a recent one that I've really... Um, I, Alex, flashlights are out of control. He has lasers. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. <laughs> Which you have maybe I shouldn't be talking. Oh, maybe I should. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, I have a, 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 lar- a rather large collection of flashlights, yes. Really? And they're extremely high-powered. Like and they they're can expensive. Go hundreds, can they even go thousands of feet? Well, uh, yes, because how much, how much? How many feet are in a mile? Five thousand, I think. Yeah, so I have one that can go, like maybe seven thousand feet. I have one that goes one point three miles. So whoa, yeah, no, like that's these, wild. We were playing with these lasers. Alex was getting really nervous because the I lasers was go this. like, like uh, God knows how far because they're so. I like mean, you that, can see them in the sky. They're like the like, crazy yeah. lasers that you can get. A an, what's the fine you can get for using these lasers? Well, there's no fine for using them. The only fine that you that you would encounter if pointing a flashlight or a laser at the sky, and the laser is like the like green one where yeah. it's like the, the rest are just flashlights, like but they one. look kind of like lasers because they columnate like a Hollywood like premiere spotlight. Oh, so like okay. you probably you probably be like, oh, someone must be having a premiere, or they <laughs> and it's reopened just a Hollywood in your video. backyard. <laughs> Do you, do you guys remember Hollywood video, like the rental store? Oh, that was like, yeah, sure. with the, yeah. And they had the spotlights, yeah. yeah so yeah. someone might think that they came back. <laughs> well, wow. okay, but you're saying, but what's the fine if you're using oh, the laser? Oh, so like, there's the like a few thing? hundred thousand dollars. Because you can, if you, you can point distract it, planes. If you point it at an airplane, it's 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 a fed, it's an FAA thing. It's like a, a federal a, a oh federal a crime, and you could get <laughs> pri- prison time and. You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of fine. Yeah, so um, Alex is getting really nervous. So you're getting well, crazy with yeah, this. Yeah, I was like, I was like making sure that like anytime an airplane came, I was like, all right, gra- grabbing Please it. Please do not get me arrested. Well, you would get arrested. I, I don't get in trouble for handing you a flashlight. You know, everyone, you know, it's your, that's like if I hand my keys to you, I don't, you know, get in trouble if you like drive into people. True. But that's one of your special interests. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm also training this uh, service dog. Um, that's become an interest, but I've gotten, as you saw how well behaved he is. And I've so only had is. him a week. So. Yes. And you rescued him, yep. which is amazing that he's, that you've trained him so well. Yeah. Oh wait. So when we got off track, oh, when yeah. did your parents, like you said, your parents oh, yeah. were getting you, I know Sorry. we deviate from the, I love from deviating. The yes. <laughs> yes. It's what we do. I even often. have a deviated septum. So. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I was nine and so they had got originally like OCD, ADHD and all those things sort of did describe some parts of me, but like not, weren't the full story, right? Like, you know, I would get obsessed with things, but not because of the OCD really. I mean, obviously it was more of, you know, a comorbid condition, which it means it comes with the autism, right? Mm. So like, uh, I went to the University of Virginia, there were some people there and, uh, I did all these tests and... You know, they were observing me and writing How old were you at this stuff point? down. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, How I, old were you? 
nine when I nine, got diagnosed. Okay. Yeah. So I actually uh, was rummaging through, and this was pretty shortly after because, you know, it was pretty much on the top of the pile. I was rummaging through their, I like to go through their documents <laughs> as a nine-year-old. That was one of my <laughs> things. And uh, I found the thing and I confronted them. I said, what is this Asperger's syndrome thing, autism? And they're like, oh, and then they told me. So they were going to tell me anyway. What did they say? Like, what did they explain well, you to know, you? I, you know, they, they got like, you know, those books and I think they just read what the book said, you yeah. know, how to tell your child. <laughs> With that included, how to tell your child. Step yeah, they one. said, they, they just read out loud the how to tell your child. No, they, yeah. So, you know, they were very supportive and always encouraging all my things to do. They, they got me involved in theater, um, music. I was involved in the orchestra, the band. I was in the marching band, but I didn't like marching. So I, I convinced them to let me be the leader of the percussion pit. I played the marimba and the xylophone, and I was really good. I, I like used two two uh, mallets in each hand and was like going crazy. In fact, oh, so I much. I love the xylophone. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite instruments. I'm and serious. to the point where like the band leader was constantly on his megaphone up at the top of the hill. So like we had this big hill, and then below it was the football field, uh-huh. and like at the very top he would stand and you know with a megaphone and. Um, uh, you know, tell people what to do. And I, you, a lot of times it would be Alex play le- le- less loud. And keep in mind, I was not amplified in any way. Alex, I, I was shredding playing a single, too hard. I was slamming the shit out of those, those keys. Oh my God. Well, I love that though, because I feel like you have the ability to kind of get like swept up in the things that oh, yeah. you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of one of the special things about being on the spectrum is that, I don't know. I feel like people on the spectrum have the ability to just get like lost in what matters to them. And there's something like beautiful about that. Well, it is. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of those things that like, I don't think it's, it's easy to sort of explain. I mean, you seem to get it, but like a lot of people just don't get how, um, how much joy you can get out of like Mm -hmm. a special interest. You know, it's like, I mean, it's not like a person, you know, right. But like, uh, you know, it's something that brings you almost like the same kind of like joy that you would get, like spending time with someone you love. You know Mm. what I mean? So it's, and especially if you can share that with another person, that also is a great way to bond with, you know, someone on the spectrum. That's so neat. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the common misconceptions about, you know, a lot of misconceptions, I think formerly were, you know, sort of that, you know, they didn't, you know, people on the spectrum, oh, they can't talk or they won't ever have a normal job. And a lot of times, you know, we, there is trouble with employment because people just don't have the patience to sort of understand and figure out how someone works. Yeah. And they try to have approach them like they would a neurotypical person, which is what you would call someone who isn't on the spectrum or, um, and I don't know, I guess, uh, Oh man, sorry. I ruined your podcast. I didn't have <laughs> things to say. All right. No. Well, it was nice talking. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't chatty enough. <laughs> no, but I no. guess I'm just curious, like, why, I, I I feel like sometimes people do get frustrated very easily who are neurotypical, yeah. as you would say, with people mm-hmm. who are on the spectrum. And I'm wondering, like, if you have any kind of idea of what that stems from. I think it comes from, like, people just, like, not understanding it and, and not taking the time. I, I feel like people who have more patience and are more willing to try to figure out how someone ticks... I found a lot of times like more uh, creative people, people who worked in theater, who, who were in the theater, who, who like did acting were more fascinated by how humans interact and sort of watch. And so I found a lot of acceptance in like theater at school and, you know, doing musicals and stuff like that. Um, so I think there's certain people who are, 
who don't get frustrated, who who just sort of understand it, who take the time, whereas other people immediately uh, get turned off by it. They're like, okay, that person's really weird. Yeah. Like, I think some people yeah. get uncomfortable. Like, I mean, and I understand it. Like, if if I meet someone and I don't get why they do the things they do or what their deal is, like, you know, I at first sort of feel like, okay, let's take a step back. But then I think about the fact that I probably might have, you know, had that effect on many people. And, you know, I try to take the, I know how it feels to sort of be instantly just sort of shunned and, mm. and discarded and seen as like, oh, well, that's not someone I want to, you know, waste time getting to know yeah which is crazy because there's so many cool people on the spectrum i have like some really crazy awesome friends uh well like uh, you were saying about employment i just think like what a shame that people can be so impatient because like you were saying so many people with autism have these incredible skill sets and how an employer could use those yep. to benefit their company. Like Seriously. more so than like someone who's exactly. not on the spectrum. Like there's there and there and fortunately there are some companies that have started initiatives to sort of harness that. Yeah. Uh, like SAP, uh, Microsoft, they all have programs where they're uh, training autistic people and then also training the people that they're gonna work with on how to sort of create like a synergistic that's the words they use yeah. they like that's word uh <laughs> synergistic work environment yeah, oh yeah yeah synergy <laughs> um but <laughs> that's pr talk yeah oh yeah sure. uh, yeah that's like but no it, and they found uh that they actually are like significantly more effective especially in uh SAP uh is one of the largest uh b2b companies out there they have thousands of you know hundreds of thousands I think uh, employees all over the world and they found that there are autistic people who are working in uh, quality assurance which is uh, like finding bugs in software oh my gosh they're like they find bugs like so much better and all they need is like someone that they work with that can check in and like sort of be like a bridge if they have issues with communication it's more cost effective to have that than to have like you know someone who's better at communication maybe who doesn't find as many bugs. Sure. Is there so is that stereotype kind of true that autistic people are more thorough? Because I yeah. feel like that's sort of a stereotype. Well, yeah, I'm, and I think that also you're right that you know everything's a stereotype. So obviously right. we say you know this you know it's kind of like saying oh yeah well women are more you know communicate you know sure, better sure, caretakers sure. and then like of course there's people is, that don't always adhere to the stereotype there right. are always exceptions sure. and then like you know stereotype that you know men are better at you know being cold hard and making decisions which is you obviously know is not necessarily the case um and there are plenty of men that are you know <laughs> not good at making decisions <laughs> totally facts. <laughs> hard facts basic out their emotions <laughs> Totally. Well, okay, so what was your experience like? You talked a little bit on how people can shut down, you know, immediately people that they don't understand or people that aren't like them. I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things. How did you experience that in your early life? Growing up, it was a lot harder because, you know, especially younger kids, like, you know, they're going to be less likely to be more mature and sort of take that thing. And they're a bully. And, I, you know, I would, yeah, especially middle school in that time where, you know, I would go home crying every day from school. You know, I had a really uh, rough uh, time. Did you go to uh, a public school? Um, f- after elementary school, yeah. I, I went to a, a public elementary school for uh, up till I think, fourth or fifth 
grade, and then I went to a private school because it was just, you know, too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, their bullying got to be so bad, and it was like the teachers and principals sort of didn't know how to handle it to the point where they were making it worse by sort of validating it. Like one time, uh, my, the 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 the, uh, the deciding or the catalyst for my mother taking me out of that public school was the principal taking uh, a bunch of kids uh, and she had a big office with a round table and sat seating all the kids that were you know bullying me around with me and everyone got to say one thing they didn't like about me (laughs) oh what (laughs) which I'm laughing about now but it was quite traumatic Um, you know what I mean like oh my god yeah yeah I mean I don't I'm not trying to say, you know, by laughing at it, it's just sort of my way of dealing with the well, situation. Well, it's absurd. It's just so crazy. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's why I kind of laugh can at you it. Imagine? No, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Anyone who's, and you're not a principal of an elementary school and you even know that's crazy. Yeah. And I can't imagine being in your position or being in your, your parents' position, like knowing that that happened can to my daughter. Can you imagine if that happened to Ember or to Ruth? I I'm li- I would I'm lose my goddamn like mind. I'm, start- I'm yeah. starting to cry. Think about it right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. gets your like ch- yeah. chest yeah. like really pumping. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. As a parent, like, can you imagine like your kid telling you that and then like being like, I can't, and, you know, and just you no, know, you, you and I mean, you would probably do the same thing. Like, oh, the I'd, minute you know, move to another school, I would sue. I would sue the fuck out of. <laughs> No, but I mean, do you know if there's any kind of sensitivity training or anything like that for teachers and principals and people who work with children there now? There should be. I mean, there's yeah. training now even for police. Yeah. Um, because that's a big problem, especially. Um, and that's another thing, like, uh, you know, uh, among minorities who are autistic, especially where, you know, because, you know, like, uh, if you're black, like, and you're in a, you're, you're pulled over by the police, that's like one of the most dangerous, you know. Yeah. 15 or whatever how long it takes minutes of your life just just because you know there's this like stigma and racism against the uh you know black people but then if someone's behaving erratically they're trained that that's like a threat so they need to know that they need to be able to recognize and and even a even a white person who's behaving erratically they recognize as a threat you know it's Mm -hmm. not this it doesn't have the added uh you know racism element that you know is unfortunately the case in this country but uh you know, so that's very dangerous. Yes. Like, so they do that kind of training. So I think that, you know, uh, that's in terms of sensitivity training, that's like a very important thing, you know. Absolutely. Okay, so your mom pulled you yeah. out of the school. Yeah. And I went to this place called Free Union Country School, which is in a log cabin. Oh, wow. If we had three grades in one in one uh, classroom. What? Yeah. Wow. Third, fourth and fifth. Like there's only like a like a, a couple, a few people. I think there's like four or five. Maybe there were four or five people in my grade in the class. There was more people in third. You know, it was like a maybe 30 kids, but there's like a bunch of teachers. And, you know, they would sort of s- separate us for some things and not others. It was not like a school for autism. It was just like a school for, like, people that wanted their kids to go to, you know, the Free Union Country School. <laughs> <laughs> and how was that? How did that differ with your experience oh, in your Oh, it was great. You know, I still got bullied. Um, and, mm. you know, but, you know, I the teachers would sort of intervene and, and actually encourage like more like understanding. Yeah. And that, yeah. so it actually worked. And then I went to middle school in the public school. Um, and that was rough, but you know, by the time I was, uh, you know, high school was hard at first and, you know, I, I gradually started getting more, uh, I think what really shifted things was when I, as I said, joined uh, theater and started doing mm-hmm. that. I mean, music was okay. People were cool. I was like 
good at it, you know, but I still got bullied in that. And yeah. And then theater was a good experience. I loved it. Yeah. I was in West Side Story. I played Baby John. Nice. Uh, my, oh. my favorite line was zip guns. Gee. <laughs> theater in high school yeah. too so. you know it's so funny because I, I do feel like theater for everyone is the safe place yeah it's it's such a it's such a beautiful place when you feel like you're maybe different whatever that looks like and you want to be f- around people who want to be different together fellow freaks yeah well here's exactly. another thing to add on what you said which is yeah. entirely true I grew up on the east coast and you know there's a different energy there when I moved to LA instantly it was like a lot of the things that before would have been like red red flags to people uh were you know just sort of embraces me being different really? you know and then like even telling people i was on the autism spectrum was more like instead of being like oh i'm so sorry for you it was more like oh cool is is that what lady gaga has and i'm like no but like <laughs> yeah sure believe that you know what i mean like it's more of like oh that's cool because everyone here wow. you know has you know something in a way it's something like, different well yeah what drives people to move mm. away from family to pursue mm. a dream and in, in the entertainment industry especially um you kind of have to be you know not entirely you know a little normal. more open-minded yeah exactly open-minded huh. and more just in general creative people are that way that's really cool. Yeah. How can we, uh, how can people kind of educate themselves and educate their own children to kind of break down the stigma and the misunderstanding and to sort of make themselves people who are more comfortable around people who maybe aren't like them specifically? Well, like, I think a lot of it is just sort of exposing uh, your kids to a lot of different types of people and sort of not being, not being like, uh, you know, not being like trying to make it seem like there's a stigma. Like, you know, a lot of times you'll hear parents say like, oh, well, I don't use the term disabled. They're differently abled. But like, what is that saying? You're saying, well, there's then that's there's something inherently wrong with the word. It's like kind of like that's mm-hmm. a euphemism. If you have to use a euphemism, you're kind of yeah, at first Suggesting it sounds right. Yeah. Like, like at first thought, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You wouldn't want to, you know, stigmatize someone, but you're just further doing it because you're everyone knows that you're still, yeah, you, you know, you're disabled, you, you know, it's just <laughs> differently abled is, is a euphemism that makes it worse because if you have to come up with another word, that's not actually what it is not as bad. Like- yeah. It's not a bad thing. You say I have a disability and it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, if, you know, I have friends that are, um, you know, a, a wide variety of, uh, different disabilities and wheelchairs. And I don't, you know, think it's, weird or wrong you know like yeah. I think uh, a lot of things are you know about them are really cool and, and it's not in spite of what it's just part of who they are I don't yes. like to be like oh well they're you know that's not a part of who they are that's just like something that happened to them because that makes it sort of separates that makes it say like oh well, but yeah something happened to you and you it's like sort of victimizing you and making it so that you're less or yeah mm-hmm. it's like i love you mm-hmm. even though you're yeah. in a wheelchair or like yeah. you're great for a person with autism you know yeah. what i mean it's like that it's it's yeah. that kind and of even then energy. like yeah and so like so like that's why i say like i'm autistic because it's like you know people are like well we want to use person first language and i'm like yeah but like do you use person first language when you call someone a mom do you say they're Mm. a person with motherhood no you say they're a mom because (laughs) you don't think you know yeah like (laughs) that's a really good way it's crazy 
like yeah you're a you're an owner of this business you're you know yeah and you're autistic but you it's don't like, you also as you separate that from like who you are in a certain way i mean it is part of who you are but you're not just a mom you right. know it's yeah, by absolutely. saying you're a mom it's not like taking away the fact that you are also other things yes mm. yes oh i really like that mm-hmm. explanation oh yeah All right, we have to pause for one moment to chat about a company that we love so much. (laughs) Since we started wearing this company's jewelry, we rarely take it off. Like, for real, I have their earrings in 95% of my life, and I've asked for one of their rings for Christmas. So, Evan, pull through, okay? It's Orate. Orate is fine jewelry made in New York City, founded by women. Pieces range from classic to statement to completely original. Orate makes the jewelry you've always wanted but could never find. It's all real gold and you can wear it and never have to take it off. Uh, Shower, sport, sleep, cook, anything. It's jewelry for life. And all Orate pieces come with a lifetime warranty because they know it lasts. And because Orate sells directly to you without the middleman markup, they can offer the same quality jewelry as traditional Fifth Avenue brands at a fraction of the cost. Uh, Orate really hacked the jewelry market, making real gold accessible. Orate was founded on the desire to shake up the jewelry market by offering these modern, beautiful designs with amazing quality at affordable prices and ethically sourced pieces that you can wear every day. Uh, Like I said, I wear mine almost 365, 24-7. I also love that you can buy the earrings in singles. You don't have to just buy them in pairs. Um, I have a one little gold Libra earring for myself. And then on the other side, I have a little Scorpio for Ember. Uh, I have a little cuff and a little X. I'm obsessed. Broads are always sliding into my DMs, actually asking where my earrings are from. They're Orate. And like I said, Orate is ethically made in New York City, empowering women with the best jewelry options without sacrificing style. And for every piece, piece sold, a child in need receives a book to further their education. You can give the gift of high-quality, sustainable jewelry this holiday season without the killer price tags thanks to Orate. For 15% off your first Orate purchase, go to oratenewyork.com chatty and use promo code chatty. That's A-U-R-A-T-E newyork.com chatty and use promo code chatty for 15% off your Orate purchase. oratenewyork.com chatty, promo code chatty. Okay, so speaking of gifts, I'm trying to purchase sustainably this year, and teaser, we mentioned it last episode, um, but this coming week, I believe, we're going to be having an episode where we get fully into living sustainably. Super excited for that. Anyways, an amazing sustainable gift to give those femmes you love in your life are Rothy's. Rothy's shoes make the perfect holiday gift. They are stylish, they're sustainable, comfortable, washable, really the all-in-one pair of shoes. Uh, They have a huge range of colors and patterns to choose from, which they drop new hues constantly, and they're seamlessly knit using thread made from recycled plastic water bottles. Uh, They've already diverted over 40 million plastic water bottles from landfills to make these beautiful, sustainable shoes. Uh, And another major bonus, they're fully machine washable. 
every time that you need a refresh, you just toss them in the washing machine and it's like getting a fresh pair every laundry day. Um, Parents or uh, people buying for people with kids, pro tip, kids Rothy's are the most amazing purchase. They're so cute and because they're machine washable, it makes it so much easier to keep the shoes for a long time for the kiddos. Um, Also, so comfortable. Because they're seamlessly crafted through 3D knitting and hand assembly, they provide out-of-the-box comfort with zero break-in period. I mean, it's not a secret that I'm in my Rothy's quite frequently because it feels like I'm wearing slippers, but they're sharp-looking, okay? I'm obsessed. Love them. Um, Also, for those interested in Rothy's as a gift or getting them as a gift for yourself for the holidays, order them by December 20th for delivery by December 25th. Uh, Check out all the amazing styles available right now and give the gift of comfort, style, and sustainability by going to rothys.com slash chatty. That's rothys.com slash chatty. Okay. And I just had a thought too. Um, my mom actually put me and my siblings when we were little in a gymnastics program called Break the Barriers. Yeah. And it was in Fresno and it was integrated gymnastics program with kids with a bunch of different dis- disabilities and kids that didn't have disabilities. So I would go to summer camps and stuff and there would be like, you know, maybe like 10 kids that were quote normal. You know, I don't know how to, how, what, what did you say? Like, Neurotypical, Neurotypical, and then fi- how would you say like if you're not disabled with your body, able-bodied? I think a yeah or abled. A abled? lot of people say abled. abled. Okay, okay. Yeah. abled and neurotypical, and then they I would- see that a lot on Twitter. I I think it's partly because of the character limit, but also because some people it's like, oh, if they're if they are autistic, like they're still like not necessarily able-bodied, but they're also. A lot of it's in the mind, and mm-hmm. some people separate that. So I just like to prefer the term abled. Abled. Okay. Yeah. Abled. Okay. So there's a bunch of abled kids, but then there was also kids that were in wheelchairs. There were kids with Down syndrome, kids on the yeah. autism spectrum. And so me being like a six or seven-year-old, at first it was kind of scary, you know? Because yeah. it's kind of like I don't understand like how these people are functioning or why they're doing certain things. But then we were in that program for a couple years, and I feel like it really shaped the way that I now as an adult um, interact with people because it's just like, oh, it's just, it's, I don't know. It just made me more comfortable yeah. from a like really I, young age. I remember age. when I was a kid um, and I remember there was like, uh, if I saw someone with like a uh, limb difference or like, you know, like, uh, you know, like they're, uh, they have a amputation, ampu- amputation uh, and like, you know, at like the uh, elbow, I don't know the proper terminology. I hope I didn't say anything offensive, I, you know. We know what you're talking about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I would, it would freak me out. And now, you know, I know, you know, a bunch of uh, people and, you know, you see more of them on, in ads and on TV mm-hmm. and like, you know, and... Uh, yeah, there's actually a girl on The Bachelor that have, is missing one of her arms. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think she was just born that way. Yeah. It's a lot of times that's, yeah. that's the case, which I didn't know. I, you know, I assumed it was like, you know... Some sort of accident yeah, or something or, like you that. Know, yeah. Um, and, you know, and they also have these cool, like, bionic arms that they can use, too, that are, like, you know, you know, kind of, I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, just what you're saying, though, it's when you were talking about that, Becca, as well, you uh, being in the gymnastics class, was it? Yeah. Um, just, like, the idea of if I were as a white woman to only be around other white, female, neurotypical, abled people, like, how boring... 
and how like your life is so not enriched versus being around. You have to be around all people sorts of people. Like you have you. to be yeah. around people of different colors, people who have different bodies, different minds. That's what makes, I feel like what can make all of us grow and life so much more complex and you can understand people so yeah. much better. And I feel like, I don't know, it's been so so encouraging lately like you were saying ad wise and media wise that um you know we're including people of color and that's becoming more of a push and it's I just am so excited for the future to hopefully be including more people with autism and like you said you were involved in acting and you were on a show which is so amazing to me I just wanted to say too you know people who are in positions of privilege whether you're abled or neurotypical or white or all these different things i feel like it's our responsibility to push ourselves out of our comfort zones to put ourselves in places where we might not be comfortable because you know people who might be on the spectrum or who might you know who might be all these different things they're a lot of times constantly in positions that they're not comfortable with Mm -hmm. and so it's i i think it's kind of like a responsibility to like push yourself out of your comfort zone yeah always in that place and i think we need to we need to push like disabilities as as a thing because it's like interesting because you see like a lot more uh you know ethnicities being uh given the spotlight and yeah even uh people you know uh, who are non-binary, um, and yet, like, disability is, like, one of those areas where it's, like, it's still seen as, like, something's wrong with you, almost. Yeah, like, people whereas, don't know how to talk mm-hmm. about it. Either. Right, and it's, like, it's 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 kind of troubling to me that, like, the same people that would be, like, oh, yeah, let's, you know, like, hire, you know, you know, all, and, you know, entirely, like, minorities, eth- uh, you know, ethnicity-wise on the show wouldn't have anyone in a wheelchair, and they would think that's diverse, you yeah. know? Yeah, well, actually... I want you to talk about this because it was really cool. You got to play an autistic person on The Good Doctor. Oh, yeah. Well, so that was great. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, They wrote uh, an episode where there were two autistic characters, actually. And they were, we were, our characters were sort of the focal point of the episode where we, you know, were the storyline that the, you know, the two people that come in and, you know, that they deal with that episode. So it wasn't even just like, oh, a token thing. Um, and then the main uh, character on The Good Doctor is played by Freddie Highmore, and mm-hmm. that, that character is autistic. He's not, but uh, uh, they for this, they wanted to actually hire authentically, which I think is which important. Which is so yeah. cool. And yeah. so, you know, uh, we shoot up in Vancouver, and I was there for a few weeks, and it was great. Yeah. Do you know the specific season and episode number so we can check it out? Yeah, season two, episode 13. Okay, I watched it. It's really good. I will be. <laughs> yeah. That's really neat, though, because I think a lot of times, I mean, I think it's great that the good doctor has, you know, the main character is someone that's autistic. And of course, the actual actor isn't. But I think it's so important that we do hire people who are, what did you say, authentic? Is that what it was? Uh, yeah, what you said? authentic like casting. That. But like, keep in mind that like, even like in the 90s, they were casting uh white people to play different races right so like you know like uh in short circuit the indian guy was you know played by a white guy with either a tan or you know i don't know if he was wearing darker makeup but you know he was a white guy and he played an indian person right so so now that would not happen but yet you still they seem to be like kind of okay with like doing it like with someone who has a disability um so yeah so you saw uh Brian Cranston in that movie recently we played a uh, paralyzed man and there was a lot of uh, controversy about that but uh, you know he sort of argued that you know he could play it and I 
thought I watched the movie and you know I he's a good actor and you know he was able to you know play a guy that you know people would watch and sort of see something from but it was you could tell that it was I'm sure that someone who's paralyzed could see so many things that were wrong or mm, absolutely you know what I mean yeah um and there was a sort of an air of like it's not entirely authentic right like because I've I don't know there's you, well, you can you can you know actors draw from their own life experiences and yeah sure like you could draw from some experience but like you know that's part of who you are um it's hard to draw yeah and I mean thankfully it's something that's been changing but it happened a lot you know with like trans people too where yeah. they would cast someone who wasn't yeah. trans yeah, exactly. to play someone. And it's like why not just cast I mean you know there's how many millions of people in the United States like can we not find someone to you know who actually deals with the things that this character is dealing with you know yeah and also like if you are a wheelchair user like and there's a part for a wheelchair user like being an actor is already a very a hard job and it's very competitive and there's a lot of things if the one time like if the three if the two one or two auditions this year are for people with wheel, you know, who are in a wheelchair, yeah. and those are the parts you you want to so play. So competitive. If those are given to someone who isn't in a wheelchair, that's like your one chance to like. You're like, oh, finally oh, yeah. a role for me. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I can totally like, understand. Uh, they say like ten to twenty percent of Americans are disabled, so like that's like a large wow, population that's like percentage. not there. And you go out in public, and um. You know, just because of, like, you know, access things, it's a lot of times a lot of those people don't go out because it's just such a hassle. Like, you know, being in a wheelchair and, and going, uh, getting around. and Yeah. Well, you brought to my attention something I had no idea about in terms of wages for oh, people yeah. with disabilities. So can you please tell oh. us about that? Oh, yeah. So, like, um, <laughs> this is, sounds crazy, but there's a lot, uh, you know, you know how we have a minimum wage law that course, protects yeah. exploiting our workers. There's an exception if if the person's disabled. A clause, basically. Like yeah, so like the, basically like if you know if someone wanted to pay B and say, well he's he's autistic, you know less than minimum wage, including less than a dollar per hour, you know they yeah. could yeah. because oh they're helping the poor guy out, yeah. uh, you know which. Yeah, you could pay someone who's autistic. He couldn't get a job otherwise. No one would pay him because, you know, he doesn't yeah, do they anything. Got, and this is, a na- this is national? That's a law, yeah. Yeah, there, so there's a clause. Basically, I could I could hire a whole team of disabled <sighs> people and pay yeah. them 75 cents an hour if I wanted to. You know, and if they accepted it. So well, You know, and, oh I mean, and a God. lot of times that's their, you know, a lot of times they're being sort of forced into that because, you know, there's also... Uh, this thing where parents are getting what's called a conservatorship on an adult uh, child. And they, you know, they, um, you know, so they, and they're basically saying you have to, oh, it's basically when you say, uh, um, oh, well, I'm now actually still your legal guardian, even though you're above, you're an adult. Yes. You know what I mean? So they have to do what the parent says and like, you know. Yeah. um, Oh, so sometimes a parent might force their child to get a job as an adult. It's like the, the, you know, they can't really move out if yeah. they're under a conservatorship because they can't make medical decisions. Alone. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's like, I think that's not right. Right. Yes. You know? Wow. That's insane. Is any of that, are they working to change that at all? 
Um, no, but you know, and the other problem is that like a lot of times the parents are doing it for like a, a good reason. It's like you can't get services for your that your sure. child needs yes. unless they're under that because once they turn an adult, they they lose all those things. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm interested in your career and what you do. Yes. Well, you know, I do a lot of public speaking. I run the website um, right now. A lot, uh, most of what I do uh, right now is, um, you know, you know, I'm tr- sorry, I'm trying to focus on uh, doing like entertainment stuff and make that my main thing, you know, doing the acting. But as I said, it's hard, you know, I have a, the, the top agent in the uh, field, you know, she's, I've known her actually since 2005 when she, or maybe even 2004, I, I forget when, but I was in high school. Yeah. And she emailed me from California asking if I knew any autistic actors. I'm like, I am. <laughs> so I did an audition and I like, you know, the producers really liked me. I was like one of their top choices. You know, I didn't get the the show and the show never actually really got picked up. So, um, But, you know, I stayed in touch and when I moved out here and I, I started working on the bridge on FX. I worked, uh, that's a TV show that was on FX for two years. It was a drama that was about a uh, they find a body on the bridge between the u.s and mexico and diane kruger and demi and bashir were on it and diane kruger played an autistic detective so i was on set every day working with the writers and the oh, wow. actor oh wow so coaching they were like, her. They consultant were... yeah wow. that was my title i was the consultant um and then they also i also was uh, like hey can i i wanted to read a part at the table read and when i read it everyone clapped and they're like why don't you play this character in the show <laughs> amazing you know, so. slowly slowly getting sneaking into the cast <laughs> oh watch out pup Uh-oh. oh you guys little his little leash wrapped around his leg oh yeah you guys are watch aren't watching the youtube we've got a adorable pup in yes. the studio right now his name a, is max a gorgeous he's a service dog in training service yeah dog. he's actually i've trained him to do one of the things which is uh the uh um the deep pressure uh stimulation which is basically you train the dog to when you're having a meltdown uh, a lot of autistic people uh one of their sensory things is they they'll get a meltdown they get so overwhelmed by sensory issues and and what uh, uh a lot of uh people have found is that uh what helps is a uh, deep pressure like weighted blanket yep, weighted blanket or in his case he will get on you and and uh and just lie there and apply deep pressure until the you know meltdown will oh, subside well, have you ever seen the movie Temple Grandin? Yeah, yes. I was actually going to say Temple Grandin is a good friend of mine. And, you know, she came up with this thing called the hug machine. Yes. So um, Temple Grandin, if you guys haven't seen it, is a fantastic movie played by Claire Danes, Claire Danes yep. who sat next to her dad on the plane. He's great. <laughs> Love him. Me and Claire are friends now. No, one not really. One of Becca's favorite moments. One of my favorite moments by far. Love you, Claire Danes. Um, no, but Temple Grandin, the character that she plays, is a real person. Like you said, yep. you're friends with her. And Temple Grandin is an autistic person who, she was pretty young, right? In her early 20s. She, I believe, or in college age. She designed- She's an animal rights activist, sort of, but like in a way that's like you would actually not realize. So like basically like, you know, she she basically has her special interest is animals and she sort of, talks with them in a way and, and sees what's bothering them and sort of understands them on a deep level. That's part of her autism as a, you know, and part of who she is. So she, she just came up with this idea to, uh, she created a hug machine for herself, which was sort of this like device that would sandwich her between like two boards and mm-hmm. kind of like squeeze yep. and apply pressure. Because the thing is an autistic person might need that pressure, but might 
but probably doesn't feel comfortable with a hug from another person. With what? like, yeah, sometimes they do. It depends on the person. But for her, it was like not just a hug; it was like a, a deep, full body thing. And and it found that like animals, like that helps animals, right? So like they, they've yeah. they've implied that in in you know uh, livestock and so everything. She changed the game when it came to cattle like, because with uh, cows, when they were being herded, they would get it would get really chaotic, and the animals would get really panicked, and it could and become then, a really inhumane situation. And not only that, I mean, just from a business standpoint, it, you know, if an animal is in in shock and stuff it's like the meat is not good i know that sounds horrible but it's like that's bad and like true but it's just it's cruel to the animals and sometimes you lose animals because they would you know stumble and like break they don't like walking over certain surfaces and they would be having to walk over grates yes and and they would be next to a freeway and you know and there would be no covering so they would see the cars driving by yeah so temple grandin basically like was able to tap into sort of her own experience and I think sort of empathize with the animals and created a system that I think is now in place all across uh, the cattle industry. Oh. She created this special so. system. Mm-hmm. It's a, You're making a hand motion. Uh, the, oh, you have a camera too. So yeah. see, but, uh, you know, it's like basically like a little maze and they want to go uh, and they're not stressed. And yeah, the maze has like um, siding that is so really close to the, the animals yeah, so they don't, so they don't see, see what's see going the, on around them and they're yep. kind of just funneled through very calmly, very peacefully. And she designed this whole system that's really completely changed that industry. Yeah, I I think 75% of them are designed by her. She goes around and gives talks. I was at one conference that was like a, 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 she was, there was like two conferences. One, it was an autism conference and also there was a beef industry conference, the same (laughs) one. They had really good brisket for dinner. Um, But she, I mean, she also talks a lot about, I think, um, sort of not overcoming, but really being able to work with her own disability. I I, I believe. Yeah, it's not overcoming. It's, it's, she used her, uh, being uh, disabled or being autistic to create a great career for herself, mm-hmm. you know, and she changed the world. And there's so many people like that, that you wouldn't know. There was a professor at my university that won the Nobel prize, uh, for creating the, basically the, he, enti- he invented the field of experimental economics and he's on the spectrum. And he said that if he hadn't been diagnosed, he probably wouldn't have done that. Cause he'd be out partying during college instead of focusing on a special mm-hmm. interest. And, yeah. you know, and, wow. you know, Temple Grandin, to get back to her, likes to say that, you know, well, you think the people that were rubbing sticks together were neurotypicals or yeah. <laughs> and created fire, found out how to make fire. Sitting there for hours on end. Yeah. Do you yeah. think the guy that, that invented the wheel was a neurotypical sitting there like making something round and attaching it to a cart? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the fun stuff now. Sure. Which is, let's talk about dating and your experience okay. in the dating yes. world because I know you have a lot of good stories. You always have well, good you know, stories. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to brag. I but. don't like to kiss and tell. <laughs> what has your experience been like from, you know, early adulthood until now just as far as like dating and like, do you date people who are neurotypical? Do you date other yeah, sure. people who are like, t- just tell, talk. Well, you know, I, I've, I, you know, when I was younger, even in college, I was sort of worried I'd never, I would grow up alone. Like the, you know, <laughs> the stereotypical loner or something. And I'd never find a girlfriend. So I was very nervous about that. And it kind of like was not good because it made it. So I was sort of had like a whole thing about like how this is, you know, I was worried about it. Yeah. So I'd never relax on dates or something. And once I figured it out, I was like, oh, okay, well, I, you know, of course people like me. I'm awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I can relate to that. More people need to hear that about themselves. Yes. I'm awesome. I have something to offer. Yes. Like, (laughs) 
Um, uh, you know, like, you know, that you're, you're, uh, so like it changes. And so, and I found out, you know, and the more I dated and had girlfriends and stuff, the more I realized, okay, well, I probably won't end up alone. And How did you kind of get out of that shell though? From the point where you were putting a lot of kind of pressure on yourself and were really nervous, how did you transition to the point where you started feeling more comfortable to just be you? I don't know. Honestly, I, I just practiced uh, trying to, you know, I made friends with people that I thought were seemed to be fairly good with the the ladies. <laughs> there you go. Like, you immersed yourself. I, you know, I would just, you know, and I'd go out and i practice, you know, I'd go, you know, even to bars and stuff and probably, you know, and talk to girls. I'm sure that... Would you, like, try out pickup lines oh, and stuff yeah. like that? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. I would try out probably, like, to the point where I was, like, you know, like, quote creepy or whatever <laughs> like I didn't know any better but you know what I mean like but you know I, I picked up on when yeah. they walked away and I was like okay don't do that again yes, yes. try something new Noted. right you know but like uh, <laughs> you know and then I you know eventually realized you know the right ways to go about it and flirting and uh you know you could kind of tell if someone's into you and uh yeah interesting so are you now, like, do you typically meet people when you're out and about or are you meeting people on dating apps? I love doing the dating apps because, like, obviously the person's already interested in dating you. Totally. Except the weird people that are like, oh, no, I'm just on for friends. <laughs> you're like, get out of here. I'm like, you're on Tinder. What the fuck do you think this is for? It, said, it even says, just looking for friends new to the area. I'm like, what the, what the hell does like, that even need? Make an app somewhere. Get like, off yeah, of Tinder. Like, <laughs> there are apps specifically for that. Also, it it's like the Tinder. way it works is you're swiping on a picture. Like, what? Right. Like, are, are you, you like attracted a, to this person or not? A, you're not like, do, do I want this person to be I, my yeah. friend? I have a very specific aesthetic I look for in my friends. <laughs> yeah, like, how mean is that? I just, I'm not okay with a friend that looks like that or that friend that looks like that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's like, it, it, it takes away that element of not knowing and like, you know. Do you have on your profile, like, I am autistic? No, um, I just, you know, have like, you know, just my picture. And yeah. What do you I, write about yourself? I'm just curious. Nothing much. I just like have a joke, I think, on there. I forget what it is, but, uh, uh, you know, and then I just have, oh, I think it, I wrote that I have uh, uh, a foreign car health insurance <laughs> and uh, please press, uh, in a heart of gold, please press yes. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's charming. You know, I don't want to put like, you know, by biography. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> Nobody likes that anyway. Well, now you can add to it that you were on Chatty Broads. Yes, so. I, I was on Chatty Broads. Um, <laughs> so you kind of have to press yes. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> do you like Tinder, Bumble, everything? Yeah, I do that one called Raya, which is for celebrities. Yeah. Oh my God, you're on Raya. <laughs> Hell yeah, you're on Raya. I just love that you're on Raya because I make fun of literally everyone who's on Raya. And oh, then when you great. said you got accepted, I was like, oh my God. It's fantastic. Yeah, you're stumbling upon <laughs> for people who don't know very famous people on Raya. <laughs> yeah, for people who don't know, Raya is like this exclusive dating app that you have to apply to. Yes. And what else? I don't really know anything about it. It's basically just like um, a dating app that's for celebrities or if you are like a certain level of degree in the industry. And like also like really cool people that celebrities would want to date. Like yes. it's like, like they have like, accept, like, you know, you could be in sales if you're like really hot and like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you have a lot of money and you're really hot. Yeah. Or maybe a lot of Instagram followers. Yeah, but like, like Raya's very protected because if you... For instance, someone like John Cusack is on Raya. I think you're not allowed to say if you're on it, like who's on it. 
by the way. Are you I'm not on it. Oh, okay. I'm well, married, so I can say. Yeah, I'm not on it either. <laughs> so he's on, right? But I don't know because I don't. I'm not looking for people like John Cusa. You're not interested <laughs> in the big JC? I, you know, I'd be honored if I, he swiped on me, but I would not swipe on him. Like, thank you so much, John, but, you know. Um, no, but you, you can't take screenshots or else you get kicked off. So, like, people can't find someone. Let's just say, I, I saw Meryl Streep on there. I'm like, I got to show all my friends. Try to screenshot. You'll Which get is annoying because, like, I like to take a screenshot so that when I show up, I f- don't say hi to, or I don't say hi to the wrong person. There you go. Like, you know, to put as the picture on there when you're texting them, right? Even though if you are going on a date with John Cusack, you'll probably recognize him. (laughs) To be fair, yeah, that's true, I guess. I didn't think of that part, yeah. So is your dating life, like, pretty... I'm sorry if I feel like I'm acting like you're this weird, like, person. Like, so what is it like dating as an autistic Well, I was saying that we should have, like, an autism world, like a theme park, like, based, like, Disney... World, like, and like, also have like a, a neurotypical kingdom, like where, where you like go and like autistic people sit in open ended. Uh... No, the no. doggy's chewing on the leash right now. One, no, good boy. What were we saying? Oh, I'm just curious on if you've ever had any like weird experiences or like negative nope. experiences. No when meeting new people off of dating apps. Yeah, dating you know, stuff. I get w- weird people. Like, I also feel like, um, I, you know, it's I'm looking for someone specific, I guess. And so it's just like, you know, you kind of can tell. And and then I'll, I'm sure it's it's frustrating dating for anyone, you know? A hundred percent. I was and going like, to say, when I asked you that, I realized that pretty much anyone who's in the dating world in yeah, LA or on I think dating I have apps like the is going to have weird negative experiences. I have the same, like, I think I have, like, pretty much the stereotypical, like, oh, my God, what's the, why are people so shitty? Yeah. <laughs> Experience. Yeah. I mean, no, I meet a lot of cool people, but, yeah. like, you know, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the people that I like think that I'm one of the shitty ones. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> You, gotta, like, you have to have like a mutual like that's the one you know what I mean that's why you know and so people go on you know so many dates on these apps you know I've you know I've talked to people and they're like yeah I've been on like you know tons of of dates from this app and yeah like to the point where it's like you know 50 yeah <laughs> this when year you, when you do start dating someone how soon do you tell them that you are autistic is that something that it's like well if they google me they'll find out <laughs> True. And everyone, That's very everyone true. gets Googled. Google. Like you, my name pops up, and it's like you know, you know, my Wikipedia, and it's like this long thing about all this. Sh- shit that I do and who I am and that I was diagnosed and all this stuff that's publicly available information. Yeah. Yes. So I sort of just mention it generally in passing if yeah. it comes up, and otherwise don't mention it. You know, unless it, you know what I mean. Like when you're. Like, you don't tell someone everything about you yeah. unless well, no. it comes up in conversation. It's like, I have bipolar disorder, yeah. and I don't, by any <laughs> means, go on a date and go, by the way, get ready Just for some crazy. Because <laughs> I'm bipolar. You got a long ride ahead of yeah. you. I'm like, that's something you're going to find out eventually. Yes. Just yes. by experience with me. Do you want to, like, get married and have kids? Yeah, I would love that. Um uh, to have miniature versions of myself that I can train to do chores around the house. No need for fantastic. a service dog when you have a service kid. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but that is something that you uh, want. Ruth, uh, Ruth's well-trained. I've interacted. Ruth, in the next year or so, we'll hopefully be doing dishes. Yeah, um, I think, I, well, I already saw her uh, doing... Uh, 
She was cleaning the the couch. Yes, with her mouth, you mean? Because that's well, something that she's into right yeah. now. Is yeah, her and she mouth already and takes she already takes all of Becca's photos for that's her. That's true. Takes all of Becca's. She's pictures. like my human tripod. Yeah. love that. You know, you know how they say like your Instagram husband. She's your Instagram. She's my Instagram infant. baby. Yeah. <laughs> she is my Insta infant for sure. It's your I I. Yes. <laughs> That was the sole reason I actually had her. Right, yeah, of my, course. My PA, my I.I. A you good know. prop. A yes, good photographer. Exactly, a good really prop, an need. accessory. Mm-hmm, yes. Of course. Have you ever yeah. dated someone that has autism? Oh, yeah. Well, it's weird because it's like a lot of times the ones that end up being like longer term, that's more than like a few months are actually, I think most of the ones that have been like, you know. Serious? A year plus have all been on the spectrum. What's that experience like? Uh, what's what's your what how does it differ dating another person who's autistic versus someone who's neurotypical? You know, I think it's just like one of the things about you, so it's like it's kind of like, you know, uh, some it makes some things easier. Uh, In um, what sense? Well, you know, obviously someone who is on the spectrum comes from a similar place. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, if two Asian people were dating each other, they would come from similar experience and, you know, it would make some things easier, like, you know, the parents, yeah. right? Meeting the parents because there would not be a culture oh, difference. Oh, that's true. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's always, you know, when different, if someone's different neuro- neurologically, there's going to be similar things because, you know, there will be like, oh, well, you know, uh, I like to be social at this party and stay all thing. And the other one might not want to stay out that yes. long and get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yes. But at the same time, they could also be like, oh, well, they can just pick up the slack socially and they can just chill. And it actually may, might make it easier for the autistic person, that relationship, because mm-hmm. the social person's being social and they can just relax. And Well, I guess like any other relationship, you have yeah, opposites attract exactly. all the time. People who are super yeah. outgoing, people who are much more exactly. introverted, people who have different strong suits and different interests and hobbies and all those kind of things. Yeah. But the family thing is actually really interesting because you might be dating someone who's neurotypical and that person is like super comfortable, like, you know, with someone yeah. who's not neurotypical. And then you would maybe meet their family and it might be something that the people in their life would be awkward or uncomfortable around for whatever reason. I mean, there's a lot of stigma with people that are disabled. Yeah. But like also the autistic person might be obsessed with car repair and, and you, you, you are, you know, the worst with cars and your cars are always breaking down because you don't even know that oil is supposed to be changed. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that you, it could actually end up being a thing for you. So I want to talk for one quick second about something that will absolutely be a time saver and maybe a lifesaver during this extremely busy holiday season. Um, Do you know what is especially busy during the holidays? The grocery store. And speaking of grocery stores, I can't tell you how many times during the holidays over the past years I realized hours before a party I'm hosting or going to that I forgot some major ingredient for my famous cornbread at least I consider it to be famous, um, or realize that I forgot that I had to bring an appetizer in general and I have to make one super quick and I don't have time to go all the way to the grocery store, get the ingredients and then come back and cook. Well, I found my grocery shopping hero, it's Instacart. With Instacart, groceries are delivered in as fast as one hour or at a time that works with your schedule. You can order from the stores you usually shop from, local and national, uh, stores like Costco, Ralph's, Sprouts, CVS, Petco, and so many more. All you have to do is get the app or go to instacart.com and order the groceries you need. And once you order your amazing personal shopper gathers your groceries with care just like you would picking excellent produce 
just as you do. And chatting with you if necessary. If you uh, want something and it's unavailable, they'll recommend substitutions. They're amazing. Um, Instacart has always provided me with an incredible experience. And I know, I know I will be using it frequently during the holiday season. Uh, Try Instacart and get $10 off and free delivery on your first order. To get this limited time offer, download the mobile app or go to instacart.com and enter our promo code chatty at checkout. That's $10 off and free delivery on your first order today in the mobile app or at instacart.com. And don't forget to enter code chatty. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to just share with anything like about yourself or maybe about the autistic community or any kind of blurbs? Um, just go to wrongplanet.net. Um, what exactly do you do on the website? What inspired you to like start that? It's like a social that? network. Oh, yeah. So that's actually a good thing. I used to only talk about the website because it was like the first thing I mainly did. Now I have so many other things that I do. Yeah. So I started the website uh, because I wanted to find other people like me. So it's just like a social network. Interesting. You know? Like a forum? Okay. Yeah. Or like Facebook style. But yeah, you know, and a lot of people go on Facebook now, but like it's still like sort of like a specific thing. We have uh, articles and, and videos and social skills guides and like a whole community of people. It's like a very cool thing. A social skills guide? What does that entail? Well, you know, videos. Like I do I do a flirting video where I teach someone to... Uh, where, no Where, way. where uh, Liz Logason from UCLA's Peer Center teaches me how to flirt using her, her methods. Nope. Wait, okay, you hold okay. on a second. You're going to have to demonstrate. You're going to have to tell please. us exactly what what uh, she does. <laughs> What's her methods? Well, you know, Eddie, it's it's actual methods that that work. I mean, it's very simplistic. So like, you know, there's it's, I mean, trust me, there are listeners who will benefit from this. So yes. please please share. Well, I have not I, been by the way, in the dating game on, in a while. I was so. on I was on I was on a a uh, Oh my uh, God, yes. How a reality did I to bring dating this up? show called Love at First Kiss, which was created by the this? producers of The Bachelor. Oh my God, I remember this show. Yes. You were on this? Yes. He you was the, the good one doctor that, in this. I'm like, he I'm was like the one that, out now. He was the one that people were coming and kissing. <laughs> yes. Well, ev- well, yeah, everyone on the show gets kissed. Oh, well, I thought there was like kiss. the one person and then like multiple people come and kiss them. Oh, right. Well, yeah, there that's, yeah, a, yeah. You, I guess that you're right. I f- forgot oh, about that. I was like the guy the that like, they were finding the, all the finding, kissing. Yes. Right. Well, I picked the first person. <laughs> Wait, okay. Explain it, please. You picked um, the first person. How'd you get cast for the show in the first place? Um, I got just, a message on Facebook from some sketchy, like, <laughs> casting agency. I think that's how The Bachelor does it, though, too. The Bachelor yeah, will it was just, probably, like, it's the same casting agency that did, that did The Bachelor. Yeah. I, I say sketchy, but you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Cause they'll just message you out of nowhere. They do this for the yeah. bachelor too. Yeah. Message people and be like, would you be interested in being on a show? Yeah. So they messaged you and obviously you said yeah. yes. Well, you know, I thought about it cause I was like, well, you know, I don't know. It's they're you know, they're only paying me a few hundred dollars, yeah. you know, but I get to make out with people yeah. for free <laughs> on TV <laughs> or they get to make out with me. So I, of course I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, but I do. <laughs> yeah. So what do you show? What do they tell you to do? You're going to have to walk us through this. So they, they, they put you in this like big soundstage. It's completely painted white. Uh, they have the, and it's like super brightly lit at the point that they have like these enormous hoods on the camera lenses with neutral density filters to like block out like the light just because there's so much light that like, you know, they need yeah. to get rid of it. The, the camera wouldn't be able to like film anything if it wasn't darker for the camera, but it's so much like this. Everything looks like bright and they're wearing like little booties so they don't get like their <laughs> dirt from their shoes on the white floor. And I just stand there and 
I, you know, I wait. They have a preparation room with all this weird, like, stuff you're supposed to, like, prepare with, which, like, I don't get because, like, who wouldn't have prepared right before they got there? What kind like, of preparation gum, stuff? mouthwash, yeah. oh, no dental way. floss. And, like, I, oral I, care. I brushed and flossed before I came, like, and I, you know, brought gum. Like, what maniac is going to show up at love at first kiss with, like, be, like after they ate a, 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 a garlic... Bagel or something, you know. Like tuna sandwich, dirty (laughs) mouth. Kind of psychopath. (laughs) So I didn't use any. And also, I was like, "Is this what? what, Did someone already pull some of the dental floss? I have my own dental floss. I use a special dental floss that's like amazing. (laughs) What kind of dental floss? Yeah, I think it's called like cocoa floss. What is it? What's special about it? I don't know. I I went on a date with a girl that was like the. uh, Um, PR person for Coco Floss. She's like, this is like Jennifer Lopez's favorite flavor. She's like, I brought you a gift of my day. So that's like the what I use now. And I, it's like $10 for like the you know, standard little thing. They sell it at Sephora. Who could have need some of that with our flossing issues? Yeah, I know. We just started flossing. We weren't flossing for a really long time. Then we had an astrologist tell what? us that both of us needed to floss. And I don't know if that's because we she, do it now. Was she also oh, no. a dentist? <laughs> no. Because maybe she just was both. No, she yeah. calls herself a health astrologist. And she was she was talking with us through a very like a grainy camera, so she definitely it's couldn't like see she our, saw mouths. our teeth. No. But she was like, okay, and both of you need to floss. Well, everyone needs to floss. That's though, true. So yeah. That's like an easy go-to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you believe in astrology? Well, I believe that people do it. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, cancer. Interesting. Oh, nice. When's your birthday? June 27, 1986. Well, we're going to have to pull up your chart later. Oh, yeah, let's it. do it. I'm, I'm in. We're going to dive in. I love it. Like, I believe all of the things that people say are things that they believe <laughs> to be true and probably do apply to me, but, you That's know. incredibly diplomatic. That okay. is. Okay, so back to the love at first kiss. So you got out of the oh, preparation yeah. room. You're like, don't you go need in, any you of wait, this. And then, like... There's like this long walk in. She's like, she has like, a, we each have our own handlers that are, you know, producers, like sort of, you know, trying to hurt us to where, and I'm, he's there, you know, I've got my guy, she's got hers, uh, her girl that's like, oh yeah, you, you know, and then like she walks out, like walks all the way across the soundstage to the middle and uh, I was like, you look beautiful and then like make out with her. Cause by the, the guy, way, you can Google it. Can't you? Can't you look um, it up? Can, I think I, I think I looked you it up. You watched like part of it. You didn't, you missed us going on our, our, our uh, driving range, God damn it. which by the way, by the way, you know, reality shows, they use very deceptive editing practices, it's which true. unfortunately they did on mine oh, in one instance. Do? Yeah. I was very offended actually. <laughs> um, I'm actually very, uh, good at golf but like not that good whereas like sometimes i fuck up but i only fucked up once they had like three or four cameras on me so they made it look like i kept fucking up <gasps> and then other than that i kept like hitting it perfectly she she they made co- you look like a shitty golfer yeah she what? fucked up every time like couldn't hit the ball <laughs> then did hit the ball i think they cut in one of my hits like when <laughs> she did hit it because it didn't go very far <laughs> Like it made it, like, yeah, it made it look like I kept fucking up and like she she won the you know thing and then like <laughs> that is shady. That is really that is shady. Yeah, but other shady. than that, actually the autism angle was like they treated very sensitively and like perfectly it was really good. The reason I actually did end up doing it, because like I thought, well, you know, I'll talk about autism, I'll mention that mm-hmm. at the day, you know, and 
may, you know, worst, you know, hopefully they won't cut it together in a way that makes it look bad. They'll, you know, I'll make it so I say everything good that, you know, they can't really cut anything to make it look bad. And they, and it ended up to the point where, like, I was, look, I looked on Twitter because there was all these, like, people that are watch reality and yes. then tweet. Did, did you yes. notice? Oh, yes. Gets, okay. I don't know if you've noticed, but. <laughs> no, it's um, like a bit, I know, people go crazy on Twitter with reality and shows. One of the one of the guys that was verified on Twitter who was, like, a, a rea- uh, has a bunch of followers who was, like, a critic of reality television yeah. mentioned that, you know, the guy who has Asperger's, who's autistic, is doing better than any of the other guys on the show with girls. Wow. So I was very, yeah. I felt very proud. Good for you. <laughs> you can Google it, by the way. Alex yeah. Plank, love it verse kiss yeah what we'll happened to you and the girl immediately after. oh we, we dated for a little bit um oh and wait then, did you really yeah you actually, continued yeah you know for a few months and you know it was not the perfect match so you know we sort of just not we didn't even break up we both were, had traveled at different times and then sort of you know how Part it goes of sometimes few, yeah a few ways. months though i mean like that's better than a lot of reality tv Seriously. show couples that we watch yeah i was actually they did a really good job uh, putting two people together that had like you know like seemed like they would be compatible and you know we you know that is so cool amazing I want you to go on what's that one show that was just on Netflix the dating one oh my gosh have you seen that show I can't think of what it's called oh, it's first date me. isn't it just first date is it it's a it's a Netflix show where basically people go on there will be one person like you were the one person that all the people were supposed to kiss they'll go on five first dates. And uh, the show is only like each episode's only like a half an hour, but they edit it so that you see the person doing all the same things with five different people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So they'll go to the like same restaurant with each person. Did you? Uh, can I? Yeah, cut in. So did you ever watch the show Master of None? It's one of my favorite shows. Did, have you seen the episode in season two where it's like one date at the same restaurant where he says oh the same things, God. but it's with all these different it's women the, who are like all yes. being cut in like that was that's such an incredible episode of television i thought like that, that was whole like, season i was just like a mess watching the entire thing it was one of the most beautiful oh god it was things so I've good ever seen yeah but it was very similar to that yeah like that's how that's it's reminding cut. me of that it's exactly. called dating around dating yeah, yeah. around that it's I really if they good. watched that and we're like we should make a reality show based on that maybe, one episode maybe. seriously because it's yeah. cut beautifully just like how master yeah. of none is you would be fantastic on it do you have any kind of like dating rituals that you do yeah you like, know i i tend to like to go to the same spot just because like you know i don't like where you go uh, one of two places, which is one is kind of in walking distance, but I take an Uber cause it's like, not really, it's like a, over a mile away. And then the other is like two blocks from my house. What places? Um, I've, it's Can you give them away? No, I can't. If I give them special. away. Okay. No. I'm just then, curious. Then, then we the all girl live in if, LA. If, so, if, a, if one of the broad squad slides into his DMs, then he doesn't want to give it away. True. You know, yeah. he wants to surprise I'll take, him. I'll take them somewhere special that no one's ever been. Oh. Which are also you, happens to be close to me. Are you single right now? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, broad squad. Broads. <laughs> I do. I want to find like an understanding girlfriend. I've been on so many dates, like, and it's like, either like, I don't know. I do you mean, get tired of, of doing? I do. It's like I, 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 I get, I get tired because it's like you know you, and then you might meet someone that's like kind of uh, nutty. I don't like to use that word because it's like <laughs> ableist, but like. Maybe just like not right. Yeah. For yeah. me. Off off someone who's a little off. Off of my radar. Like yes, maybe someone yeah. else would be perfect for them. Yes. You know, but <laughs> that's very nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um and then like I, 
Well, yeah, I know firsthand that you had a, a oh, yeah, I, I, pretty I had, crazy experience. Yeah, I won't talk about that just because it's too traumatic for me, so it's fresh. <laughs> um. Anyway, you've had some difficult dating experiences, and it must get old. So what are you looking for in a woman? Describe it. That way, if any of our broads fit your description, they can slide in your DMs and not waste your time. Yes, because we have had some, I believe, a few successes from having really? a few, a few men. up. Well, at least like some dates, yeah, with some of our, a uh, few of our male guests. Jess, yeah. what are you talking about? I can't get into it. Okay, I don't want to reveal I'm excited it. Craig, <laughs> for sure. It's definitely Craig. Okay, so who are you, what kind of girl are you looking for? Someone that uh, likes, gets uh, interest or gets um, joy out of my special interests, like doesn't oh. get annoyed by me talking about cool things. What do you find cool besides flashlights? Lots of things. Like right now I've been talking about uh, dog training a lot because that's currently it. Uh, uh, Range Rovers, British vehicles. I've only owned uh, cars made in England, just oh. so you know. Posh, wow. pinkies I don't up. think anyone's going to have a problem with the range. No, I don't think <laughs> yeah. so either. Um, right, but I'll be like talking about like the various models Features of Land Rovers. Of we the, will yeah. go off-roading uh, on, you know, sort of like camping but like also like with the vehicle driving over like you know terrain that you like a movie like a commercial yeah like yeah out like a in like yeah commercial. exactly <laughs> that'll be something i enjoy doing yeah so i don't know range rovers flashlights acting yeah acting someone you know someone who's got like something cool that they do yeah. that's like also understands like the lifestyle of someone who like basically just goes and does does sorry goes and does goes and does what they want like at any point like like so like my work like i basically like i do public speaking so like when i have to do public speaking i have to leave but like you know i also do auditions and acting and so i sort of have a very unstructured like i don't have a nine to five so you're creative yeah so someone who understands that lifestyle you yeah. know what i mean yeah um i could do a nine to five i think i did one once or twice but i prefer yeah. What are your you. strengths? What do you have to offer someone? Um, strengths. I've got good upper body strength. I've got, <laughs> I, I do squats, so I've got good lower. I've got, I've got a good core. I've got all strength. I'm totally strong. 100% strong. Verified. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you say you're like a compassionate person, uh, a, like a serious I'm very person? compassionate, you know? And, I, and when I see someone that's being sort of... Uh, ostracized or being treated poorly it really bothers me to a point that i don't think other people i'm very sensitive to that being someone who grew up yeah you know having that happen to me so you yeah. know um i think that's really important well, i have a question jess we have not used in ages that we used to ask every single guest oh my god so i think it's a perfect time to bring it back alex our final question for you you're on death row lord knows what for what is your last meal um a meal with the key and a letter from the governor saying you're pardoned in, in it. Like, you know how you get proposed with a diamond ring? You could put a diamond ring in there, too, but it doesn't. It's, that's not necessary as part of this. It's the key to get out and the letter saying you're, you're good. You don't even really need the key, just the letter that if I showed it to them, they would be like, you could go. You know, like a fortune cookie maybe would be a good one. And then I open the fortune cookie and the fortune cookie says. Fortune. A croissant. A croissant. A croissant. With a, with a pardon 
letter in it. But not too thin of a paper because <laughs> yeah. I might think it's like, you know, rice paper <laughs> yeah, and eat it. Like, yeah. especially if it's like a sushi dish. Yeah. What the hell is this? I thought I a ordered a chocolate croissant. That, that would be a tragedy to... <laughs> You eat the letter. Your pardon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if I wanted to pick the the food for it to, you know, if I had, if I got to the pick what it was, it, yes. yeah, I would say that's the most genius. I would say omakase. What is that? It's a sushi uh, with many courses that the chef picks. It's like oh, one hundred and fifty dollars yeah, yeah. you pay, and then they serve you. It's you know. Wow. Oh, so you like sushi too? Hmm? Noted. But you know they have like a whole variety of courses and i love yeah. like bluefin toro like uni if it's good uni, yes i had Ooh. bad uni once at like a f- expensive restaurant i was like what the fuck <laughs> i'm sorry don't, don't name any but it was, it was a, it was one of those expensive restaurants that's like you know the probably the people from raya would go to sugarfish <laughs> it was more snooty than that dang oh, snooty i know what it is yeah yeah. And it's not that great, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's very mediocre. Yeah, okay. So yeah. and you, and is it is it in West Hollywood? Yes. Yep. <laughs> is is it on is it on Sunset Boulevard, I think? Oh, I don't know if I know the exact. I think it's on Sunset <laughs> mm-hmm. Boulevard. You guys are too much, you snooty fucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. When I pay for the uni, I pay for the uni. I pay for uni that's not bitter. <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> It's like the wor- wor- bad uni is like one of the worst things you can put into your mouth. Well, that's probably not true, like arsenic or like cyanide or something. But. That's <laughs> not <laughs> poison. <laughs> oh, anyway, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it was, it was so amazing. Appreciate it. And is there anything as we check wrap out up, Long Planet, yes. guys, you'd like to plug? Um, Follow him up. What's your Instagram? At Alex Plank. I'm also on Twitter at Alex Plank. I have more followers on Twitter and I have a blue check mark, so I prefer giving that one out to people. <laughs> oh, to yeah. Oh, no, I understand. understand that. And I'm followed by uh, more c- cool people oh, on Twitter. Who I know. You? That's cool on Twitter. Lots of people you can look and see. It'll I will. probably. I will go look. I'm uh, excited. Rose McGowan just followed me. <gasps> really? Oh, I'm a fan. Well, anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Alex. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you, and we appreciate the pup. And hopefully, Broads slide into those DM, slide into his DMs. Yeah. And if anything comes of it, and you find your wife, if we aren't officiating the wedding, we're suing. Yes, hell to pay. Yeah. <laughs> you not only will be officiating, you will be planning since that's your favorite movie. Perfect. <laughs> me and Matthew. <laughs> All right. right. Thanks, Alex. Bye, Rods. Chat soon. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.